This is Amber Barnes of Conscious Capitalism Northern Nevada, and you're listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry is the wealth protection diva and CEO of Sage International Inc., a leading provider of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies. Celebrating 24 years in business, Sage International is proud of the consistent role they play in supporting the economic engine driving this country, small business, the backbone of America. And now, here's Sherry. Leadership is something we talk about a lot. If you're like most CEOs, you start your day thinking about bottom lines or growth strategies. As a leader, how do you stay in control of your mind, body, and emotions with the intent, direction, and skill to take care of business? For most people, including CEOs, the term black belt conjures up images of martial art experts decimating their opponents with lightning quick, decisive tools as they chop, kick, weave, duck, and dodge their way to victory. While practicing martial arts is an excellent way to improve your physical health and learn self-defense maneuvers, its greatest advantage is arguably in its ability to help finesse self-disciplined skills. The ability to maintain control over responses, thoughts, and emotions is of tremendous value, both professionally and personally. It is the foundation for forming a healthy sense of self. When I come back, you'll meet my guest, Dr. Wynn Tom Griggs, who works with organizations to develop black belt leaders that others want to follow. If you want the best tax and legal secrets used by successful real estate investors today, contact Sherry Hill, the wealth protection diva at Sage International Incorporated, a local company that's been helping new as well as seasoned real estate investors for over 23 years protect their hard-earned wealth today. To schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry, call 775-786-5515. That's 775-786-5515 to strategize with the Wealth Protection Diva today. Call Sage International. Welcome back and thank you for joining me today. My guest, Dr. Wynn Tom Griggs, is a native Houstonian and happens to be married to one of my dear friends, so I grabbed him for the show while they're here visiting. He holds an MBA and a Doctor of Education in Educational Leadership. Growing up in a Vietnamese and African-American multicultural home in some pretty rough neighborhoods had its challenges. There were times when Tom felt confused, angry, and alone. As he grew older, these unresolved issues started to affect his health, so Tom chose martial arts as an avenue to work through anger issues and to relieve his emotions and stress. And Sensei Tom holds black belts in Japanese jiu-jitsu and karate. His book, Find Your Inner Black Belt, How to Be the Leader That Everyone Follows, will be released in 2018. So check out his website at ntgriggs.com. So Tom, welcome. Good morning, how are you? Excellent. Well, I wanna talk about how you use a variety of martial arts concepts to develop what you call black belt leaders. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. And yes, I'm very blessed and happy to be married to your dear, dear friend, Kimberly Phipps Nickel. 
I have to mention my wife in the interview, or else I'll, you know, I'll be stuck <laughs> right. here with y'all. Right? Well, she's yeah. been a guest on the show. <laughs> I'm just trying to follow in her footsteps. You know, yeah. greatness follows greatness, right? Exactly. I think the best way to start off with this conversation is helping people to understand it is the type of martial art that you take that matters, and your teachers, your instructors, because we all know you can be mentored or taught by some different people on how to do business, for example. But if you have someone who comes from the old school, you know, cutthroat, every man or woman for himself, and do whatever it takes to win that can result in some interesting business, let's say practices with great results, maybe financially, but you necessarily don't sleep well at night. So I think with martial arts, it's the same thing. All martial arts, I believe, are good. They have wonderful different benefits. But the question is, what, how was it taught to you? And with what philosophy behind it? Uh, for example, kickboxing, karate, taekwondo, people who listen to this who have who taken it or have their kids in it, they can remember it being fun and interesting and learning some basic things. But if someone comes in, like the old, the old Karate Kid movies with, uh, with Ralph Macchio, the teacher was like, you know, sweep the leg and be, you know, win at all costs. Those people are out there in all parts of life and they feel they can mentor and teach others. We know from being in the speaking training profession, you run into a lot of different people who have different philosophies who will say, hey, for this amount of money, I'll train you to be a top notch whatever. And I'm not knocking those people, but there are those who have value in a different way and those who you're like, I don't know if I want to follow this person. Mm -hmm. So martial arts is the same thing. You can either use it for good and better gains and helping yourself or sometimes you can use it for bad. So I think the most important thing to start off with is what are you learning and how is it being taught to you? And can you, are you, there are people around you who help you discern if you're going down the right path. Mm -hmm. That's that part of it. The second half is I'm very blessed. I've had a lot of very interesting, good, and a few bad teachers. And you know, there's old saying, you learn as much from the bad as you do from the good. Right. <laughs> it's, like, it's like relationships, <laughs> right. you know? You know, I was dating this one person for a while, you know, you, you learn a lot from the, from the bad and the good. And so I've, I've, I've been blessed to have more good, I would call them good people, good teachers, and I had bad ones for sure. And I'll say that my current instructors, uh, Professor Jose Velez, who was out of the Jukito Kairu system of New York for many years, um, was a wonderful teacher, still is. He lives in Georgia now, but he visits our school, TNT Jiu-Jitsu in Houston, and our instructor, Sensei Toribu Street, many years in law enforcement, many years working with the federal marshal, and just a down-to-earth human being who teaches us basic lessons, basic philosophies every day. And his, the, the model I got from him was not just how to be a better practitioner of Japanese jiu-jitsu and all the techniques, but how to be a better person, how to apply those to your life even more. So he uses very reward examples because he's a down-to-earth kind of guy. When you're driving along and someone cuts you off and you want to lean on your horn or flip them off, that's, a, that's your first instinct. It's kind of like when someone cuts you off or says something negative to you in the grocery store or whatever, you want to come right back at them. And then you're on video slugging it out with somebody in the bread aisle of the grocery store which really, there's no reason for that. Exactly, <laughs> you know, exactly. But, but, in trap, but one thing we tell people is, do you meditate? How are you living your life? Are you staying steady? Are you realizing that because you're growing in power and position, you have to become more humble? Well, you talk about <clears throat> you use the tenets of jujitsu to bring back into an organization. Absolutely. So let's talk about what those are. Sure, they're the, they're the basic principles I think all martial arts or any person would want to have in their life. When we have families come in, we tell them, here are tenants, and there's nothing like religious because some people have their perspectives, etc. Now, this is things like honor, respect, honesty, you know, uh, compassion, a sense of justice, you know, working well with others, things like that. And so we tell people who wouldn't want to have their kids grow up being more compassionate, more honorable, but also having greater levels of courage. You know, one of the things we tell people, and they ask me all the time, I just got back from Vegas at uh, RollerCon, the World Roller Derby Convention, and I was, I was my, this is my second year, and Kimberly was with me, and I had a chance to teach four sessions of self-defense and four sessions of what they call Derby League TLC, Teams, Leadership and Conflict Management. And the people, I think I had more people come to TLC sessions than I did the self-defense this time. 
but people really talked about what happens when there's chaos and disorganization, people don't get along. And this is a league that's supposed to be fun. So how do we work around that? The answer always comes back to leadership, you know? And like we tell people, when you do martial arts, for example, it takes as much courage to walk away than it does to engage. So it's, it takes even more courage sometimes for me to sit there and go, you know what, I'm out. Sorry, dude, obviously you're having a bad day and walk away from someone as opposed to, let me go and kick his head off and, you know, not, knock him through the next wall. Yeah, you can do that, maybe. But then what are the implications afterwards? Negative wake. Ah, yes, <laughs> that's a great way to say it. And like they tell people, even I was teaching the individuals in self-defense as my Irish instructor, Sensei Torah teaches us, you can defend yourself justifiably. You go into your car and someone comes up to you and they try and take, you know, tra- take your purse or hit you upside the head and take your wallet. You defend yourself, great. At what point do you stop? And see, I think this goes back to having power, power and sense of knowledge, power and sense of position. As I tell a lot of leaders, you're the CEO, you're the VP, you're the manager. You have power by level, by simply by um, the sheer weight of your position. How you exercise that in judicious, compassionate, understanding manner is where most leaders fall down. And just because someone grabs me and tries to take my wallet, I can maybe, you know, pop him in the nose and sweep his leg out and drop him on the ground. Basic jujitsu move. At that point, if the fight, if the conflict is over, I have to stop by law and by common sense. Some of us, because we don't train with a level of humility and humanity and compassion. Once this person down, is down, we don't let the adrenaline stop. So we're punching and kicking. You see it in, in those crazy YouTube or things on the news all the time. People, and I don't, I still don't get people when there's a conflict. First thing they do is run up, run up to you and pull out their phones. Like, okay, what happened to running up and helping people out or trying to break it up? And you'll see that. You'll see people trying to break it up and you'll see 15 cameras. Like, you people are idiots. Come on, you know, help out here. <laughs> but people are strange. Technology, right? So from the leader's perspective, then you're helping, you know, us understand how do you, I mean, a lot of this is about self-confidence, self-esteem, and being kind of clear on what is our path and our vision and our mission. And so how does what, because you go into organizations and you talk about this a lot, what is it that you see? Why would an organization bring you in? What are they lacking where they feel like this would be helpful? I think there, I was thinking, it's funny you asked that question. My wife and I are talking about that uh, over this whole trip. And there's three things I think that stand out. One, primarily, as I tell people, and excuse me, some people don't necessarily see it this way. There are times when the outsider is a more benefit than the insider because people who are within something can't always reach or reach out to or affect in a positive way the people who are in there with them. It's like, uh, you know, we not, you and I both talk, when, when Sharon and I both met, we talked about Les Brown, who was a big influence on us, and I mentored under him in professional speaking. And one of his sayings was, you know, you can't see the forest for the trees, you can't see the picture when you're in the frame. And sometimes even as a junior member or wherever you are in an organization, sometimes it's a CEO, you know, the, the leader, you can't affect change like you want to because you're, people see you as being part of it and therefore part of the problem. And when you're a leader, uh, being a John Maxwell uh, leadership coach too, I love John Maxwell at work, because he has a way of instilling a lot of wisdom in very short phrases. His favorite, you know, one of his two favorite phrases are everything rises and falls with leadership. You know, and leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. So sometimes people will look at you and blame you because you're the leader. And you're trying to affect positive change or, or remedy the problems, but they don't, they just see you as a person who, well, why did you let it get to this point in the first place? And sometimes you have a life. It's not easy. Stuff creeps up on you. you know, Sherry, you run a company. There are days you come in, you're like, it's quiet. Things are going smoothly. Next thing you know, why is everything on fire? Right. <laughs> and, and Sherry <laughs> exactly. fixed this. Well, I yeah, didn't see this coming. How was I supposed to know? Right. You know, but that does happen. So I think one part of it is elite, the outside, outsider's perspective can be helpful because I have no skin in the game. My job, even though whomever may paid me, my job is to help the organization as a whole or this specific group. 
in September, I'll be working with um, the Professional Conference of uh, National Association of Division Order Analysts. They're the mineral rights people, basically. And I'm blessed to have two sessions with them, one of which is a leaders only, in which I'm talking about working with difficult people, how to get other people to follow you. And another one's a, a generation difference between millennials, et cetera. And in both of those, the same thing comes up. How can we get people to better work together? You need someone from the outside who just, I can come in and say crazy stuff or do crazy things. Sounds crazy, but it's to shake people up and make them laugh make them do, and make them think differently. I use actual martial arts techniques. When I teach these conferences, no one gets hurt as of yet. <laughs> I do have insurance for everyone, so if you want to, yeah. you know, I am insured, but I do it to make people think a little differently, you know? And I start thinking, I think that's one part of it. The second thing is, when because I don't have a skin in the game, is I'm given a lot of latitude to really reach out to the decision makers, and sometimes I do surveys. So it allows me to get a, a better attitude and pulse of how people feel. I have no agenda from anyone's perspective when I come in. Management didn't bring me in to whip y'all into shape. No, no, I'm here to not whip anybody in. Right, <laughs> no, I'm not. Right, right. That literally. Goes yeah, literally. Yes. <laughs> I'm coming in to have a conversation with people and interact and talk. And if all you give me is a one hour, you know, lunch time, that's fine. We can cover some things. But where's that inside and where we go? So I think having that is really good. Awesome. We have to go to break. Yes, ma'am. We come back. We're going to pick up with Dr. Wynn Tom Griggs. And we're talking about how to make black belt leaders. SunTech Solar Screens block up to 90% of the sun's heat and glare. SunTech Solar Screening proudly features Pfeiffer Screening products. Make shade while the sun shines. SunTech Solar Screening, 3529396. SunTech Solar Screening. The need for conflict resolution skills is based on the premise that poorly handled conflicts lie at the core of emotional distress. With more effective conflict resolution patterns, individuals, couples, and families, and distress can move toward resolution of their underlying difficulties and resume emotionally healthy living. My guest, Dr. Wynn Tom Griggs, is an instructor in verbal judo and has certificates in advanced negotiations and conflict resolution from Notre Dame's Mendoza School of Business. Sensei Tom holds black belts in Japanese jiu-jitsu and karate and instructs adults and children the valuable lessons he has learned through martial arts. So, Tom. Yes. We were, <laughs> we were talking about, you know, how you bring black belt leadership into organizations. And, of course, a lot of what you work with organizations around is conflict resolutions. But today, it seems like, you know, the first thing anybody does is they bring out a gun and they shoot someone that they don't like. <laughs> and so I'm just curious with workplace violence and all of that, is there a way that we can stop some of that before it happens? Absolutely. And I think that actually ties in nicely with the, the third point I was making about what I do that's different. You know, the first one we talked about was being the outsider's perspective and having no skin in the game. Second is being someone from the outside, the freedom to let me come in and be a little different and kind of catch people off guard in a good way. Nothing offensive or making people feel, stand up in front of the, in the, the room and do a chicken dance or some weird things like that because you have to respect people. And I think the third thing is because I come in from a background of martial arts, beyond my own personal stories of tragedy and triumph that we all have, and things that I've seen, I actually using martial arts principles and techniques during the seminars. And 
people don't have to show up, you know, well, we got the lunch today with that guy, he's speaking, so let me go put on my athletic, no, you can come in with your nice cufflinks and everything else, it's fine. No one's gonna be doing any flying sidekicks. <laughs> I think what happens oh, is- Oh, darn. And, uh, well, well, um. it, I, I do private, so <laughs> yeah. Sherry, if y'all, we, we can videotape that, Sherry does a flying sidekick, ambulance will be ready for both of yes. us, and that doesn't <laughs> Well, the thing about it is I teach people those basic principles of, of Japanese Jiu-Jitsu, which are how to yield, redirect, and work well with others. And that's actually the number three things. You actually learn the principles, maybe, you know, the technique is an illustration. If you really want to learn Japanese Jiu-Jitsu, give me a call. I can tell you where our school is located. We can help you find different schools around the U.S. if that works for you, too. But the same principle of yield and redirect are what we are missing. Sherry, can you hold your hand up for me? So Sherry has her hand up. I have my hand up. It's palm to palm. So Sherry pushes and I push right here. We're both sitting, so we're not, gonna, we're not pushing too hard. We're, this is how most conflict looks, people pushing against each other. This is you with your kids, with your spouse, with your boss, whatever. So in jiu-jitsu, as you, as you push, I'm going to simply redirect that. You can push as hard as you want. I'm not going to meet you with force with force. And the reason so many people get into, you said something, you might be a person of this background, ethnicity, religion, I think I need to tell you, all this crazy stuff happens. It comes out of a sense of insecurity and fear. And let's be honest, people simply sometimes just need to be acknowledged and heard. No matter what kind of inane thing comes out of their mouth, sometimes people just need to be listened to and someone acknowledge, I hear you. And then from there, the questions begin. What can we do to make this better? Why do you feel that way? Not everyone's a therapist, you don't have to. But the fact that you listened and are asking questions because you care about someone or care about what they're saying, that's very important. And most of the workplace violence you see, and I've done a lot of studies in it, are those disgruntled employees. Why are they really and truly disgruntled? Short of you no know, mental defect, how do they get to that point? A lot of it is, I was treated with disrespect. I was treated with contempt. I was treated in such a way I was never acknowledged. And so part of the workplace environment is understanding how to become more compassionate, more jujitsu-like, take things. You don't get everything you want. But I help organizations begin to think. And you know, the longer they work for me, hopefully the better they get. How to become more pliable and flexible, yielding. The definition of jiu-jitsu is the, the, off, the science of suppleness and science of softness, the, the art of yielding. That's why you don't get force with force. So it's like two bulls crashing in each other. That's most people. But the one who actually takes the impact and sidesteps and redirects it and brings it around, Hold on, okay, we got you now. What's the problem? Why are you mad? Think about your best managers or your best bosses ever. It was, they kept their word, they're authentic people. They were very truthful. They were honest with you. Hey, Sherry, I'm sorry, you know, this quarter, I've been busting your hump. We don't have enough money to, do, to give you a bonus. I'm sorry, but I'm gonna work on it. At least you appreciated the fact they told you, they acknowledged it, they told you why they couldn't do it. But I'm gonna keep you in mind, I'm gonna see what else we can do for you. You know what? If you don't have, if they don't have the money, they don't have the money. But at least they told you, they treated you like a human being with respect. And continual disrespect is what drives people over the edge. How many, I mean, how many of the listeners, when you, something happened, you're driving home with your hands on a steering wheel, just grinding into that steering wheel. You're in a two, went anywhere from a 1,500 pound to 3,000 pound vehicle, ticked off at the world going down the road. And that happens a lot. That's the same thing I said at the beginning of the interview, was someone says something, they flip, you know, they cut you off or they honk or they flip you off. Now you're mad. You're in your vehicle carrying all that over. Now either you go and catch up, pull up next to them and y'all are having words. Road rage happens all the time. Let it go. Right. Let it go. They cut, they get in their vehicle. Hey, slow down and get another lane and give them, give yourself. Don't give them two minutes. Give yourself two minutes. Pull over in the gas station. Breathe. Take 10 deep breaths. Just let them go. Let them go. And go on about your business. Because if you're heading home, who wants to come home? to their husband or wife and kids, ticked off at some, have road rage in your heart. Trust me, the minute you walk in the door, there's something's gonna set you off on your family and you just ruined your whole night. So this is really about better and more effective communication skills, Absolutely. active listening skills, Absolutely. not just listening or I hear you, it's active listening right. and then trying to come up with a reasonable 
solution. Absolutely. You know, and, with, and within our martial arts school, our dojo, we have something that we call uh, a philosophy of one, seven, twelve. One would be our dojo creed, seven are those seven tenets, and twelve is our twelve philosophies. And it sounds a lot of hooey, but again, I tell people if you read it and you look at it and you have to come out of school to see it or reach out to me, I'll tell you. One of our 12 philosophies in jujitsu really is work with the others as you would work within yourself. Everyone listening to me knows someone who doesn't like themselves or who hates themselves or who's a miserable human being. And they usually reflect on how they treat themselves but also how they treat others. Most people who are disrespectful, hateful, or mean towards others, they do have issues within themselves. Right. And again, we're not trying to be therapists, <laughs> but a little knowledge goes a long way in that, okay, this is the kind of person. When I work with organizations, I was just talking um, with the people in the roller derby, and I've used this before quite a few times. I call it the, the uh, triangle of conflict. You know, people, process, and procedures, which is its own little, and then process. And I tell people, you have to understand what kind of conflict you're dealing with. Is this a person-oriented conflict? People, you have an attitude, you have an ego, you have a lot of baggage. You gotta be compassionate people. Some people come to a job or a new relationship with a lot of baggage. If you ever left a job that was really stressful and very abusive or harsh or completely unprofessional, but you had to hang in there because your kids needed, you needed the money to support your kids, and that was the five worst years of your life, now you come to a new job, you can't expect people to walk through the door and all of a sudden there's this you know, um, psychological filter that cleans all the baggage. We wish, if I could invent that, trust me, we'd be, yeah, we'd be trillionaires. Yes, right. They come in, they leave, they leave, and then it all falls back on them, but when they come in, they're wonderful. We don't have that yet. We're working on it, I'm sure. You know, sometimes people have conflicts because of what we call policies and procedures, which are the rules. You know, there's an issue that they're mad because of the way the rules are, you know, this is how things are done. You know, employer reviews are done once a year as opposed to twice a year, et cetera. I get it. And then there's process. It's the how. As I tell people, I have a nine-year-old, and what do we say to our children? It's not what you say, it's how you say it. So process conflict relates to how things are done. Telling someone, hey, you know, HR did a review of this, of your complaint, and I'm sorry, but we don't see it as being valid, whatever. You know, saying that to them in a nice way, maybe sending it to them in a letter, maybe face-to-face, -face, but telling someone, I'm sorry, you're, you know, you're, your complaint or grievance has been, has been denied via text message, maybe a little cold and impersonal. You know, it's like trying to tell someone you gotta send them home for a couple of days because of disciplinary problem at the job. Text message, go home, come back and see me on Thursday. That's, you know, on a text message, that's just kind of harsh. I can assure you, they'll come back on Thursday, but just be careful who comes to that door. Right, exactly. And that goes back to your original question. <laughs> you know, um, talking about my, you know, my wife, Kimberly, your dear friend, Kimberly. When I met Kimberly, and this ties in beautifully, she's really big um, in interiors, or interior design, sustainability lead, uh, being responsible ecologically and environmentally. And I used to ask her, tell me about sustain sustainability, which is this huge subset for people who understand that term. And the best way, I've seen all variations on sustainability, the best definition of sustainability she ever gave me was, did you leave it better than when you found it? And for some reason that was so simple, like the John Maxwell, like Sensei Tori, like so many people who take complex things and simplify them down. So I think with a nod to my amazing wife and also trying to be sustainable, do you leave people better than when you found them? Every moment, every day. When your people, Sherry, walk out of this office today, you know, when they go home, are they better than when they came in? Hopefully so. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hopefully so. Hope so. <laughs> they put Sherry they on coming hey, back, I, so I'm <laughs> guessing uh, that's a positive. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I think that, that goes a lot to say. And, when, and when, one of the things I bring with organizations is the power of questions and asking people, if they are, what, are you, what is your part in that? And sometimes your part was you created a culture. And 
people in HR, people who study um, or, uh, organizational psychology understand the idea of organizational culture. Why? That's why you can go from one company to the next doing the same type of position, for example, uh, accounting or sales. But the culture, the way things are done, there's a culture that is different. And sometimes cultural fit is a big issue for people. That's one of the things I studied in my, my doctorate degree was in education, but my dissertation focused on college student dropouts. And one of the principles we looked at was, does this person feel like they're actually fitting into the university long enough to either stay for their all four or five years these days, or are they going to drop out? Now, dropout doesn't mean they're done with college. It just means they just transfer someplace else. But from a standpoint of a business, you want to keep as many clients through their whole process of earning their degree as you can. What's the same thing here? Right. If you have repeat business, you know, for, for what you do, you must be doing something right. You know, maybe your rates, you know, <laughs> more than just having great rates or whatever it is. Well, absolutely. And the culture extends out to right. how we treat our clients right. and, and everything else. So <clears throat> believe it or not, we're running out of time. Oh, but goodness. Before we go, <laughs> I want people to know your website and you do have a book coming out. I do. I do. So uh, again, thanks to you and everyone for having me on. My website is ntgriggs.com, so that's like Nancy, T like Tom, Griggs, my last name, uh, G is in Gary, R Robert, I India, Gary, Gary Sam, dot com. And uh, actually my podcast is Finder in a Black Belt, and everything I'm doing is themed around martial arts. And the book that's coming out, I'm doing a series, because my three areas are teamwork, leadership, and conflict management. My first one is how uh, find your inner black belt, basically looking at how you develop black belt level teams and just how what that looks into. And we just had this conversation at the Martial Arts Super Show in Vegas in the beginning of uh, July, and it was well received. People need it, you know. So there's a lot, and I hope to hear from people, and I'd love to hear y'all. I'm, I'm open for obviously visits, uh, doing work with the organizations, webinars. So, and I, I like working with people, and that's just that's all there is to it. But one of the things I'm doing in October is I'm heading off to Plain Tree, and I'm very blessed that they're allowing me to teach actual self-defense seminars as an entree for stress relief and all that. And I actually have got some contracts to go and teach self-defense uh, seminars as team builders as well. Was that one thing you said? If you want to see, uh, if you want to change people, you need to change the way you look at them. That's an old, old conversation we had, you know, in personal development. But it's true. But it's that willingness. My old tagline used to be, "It's not ability; it's willingness." You can be have the greatest ability in the world, but the underachievers, the ones who you always want to get on, are the ones they have it, but they won't do it. What does it take? Awesome. So thank you. For All the right, Doctor Win Tom Grift. <clears throat> Thank you for being here. And so good to see you. And My pleasure. And we'll have more fun on your vacation. We shall. Cherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. Small business, the backbone of America. Send her a message on Facebook.com slash Sherry Hill Show. And tune in next week, same time, same station, for the Sherry Hill Show. SunTech Solar Screens block up to 90% of the sun's heat and glare. SunTech Solar Screening proudly features Pfeiffer Screening products. Make shade while the sun shines. SunTech Solar Screening, 352-9396. SunTech Solar Screening.